What's up, ACL Nation? Welcome into another episode of Bagging and Bragging. I have to say, this is probably going to be the most tired I've ever been during one of these episodes, but it is episode 41. We're going to have a good time here. Got a special guest in Samantha Finley. Uh, I'm coming off of the Battle of Queens weekend, so it's kind of going to be the theme for some of the things that I bring up, um, along with the sponsorship for this weekend, as we get ready to head into Tiverton, Rhode Island for open number three. Um, the season has begun. We've got another one next week. Um, but we got our games a little bit later, top floor bagger, top four bagger, Senator Border, and then Would You Rather. And then we're going to kind of go back over my list that I had from last season where I put the top 25, and I thought it'd be kind of fun to have Mish put together her top 25 projections um, at the end of the pro season as well as mine. But before we get into all that, Mish, as usual, how are you doing, dear? That was so hard, by the way. Like when I got to like past like probably 15, I just started putting names. I'm like, I mm-hmm. don't even know what order these need to go in. Like, the, like I have no clue. Well, the, the crazy thing is like for me, whenever I make this list, I'm like, okay, I know I want this person in my 25, but then I'm like, like how confident I, in a, am I that they could be number one? You know what I mean? Right. So like all the 25 could be number one at some point, but I'm like, okay, what's the best possibility of them actually not making it? So yeah, it was really, really hard for me. I had an idea of who I wanted to do. Um, I just remember last year, whenever I went in through this, like I, I tried to do a top 200, by the way. I don't know if you I remember. remember that. Yeah. yeah. And that was hard. <laughs> yeah. So we definitely don't want to go past 25. But yeah, I'm just exhausted, Mish. The Battle of the Queens was an absolute blast this last weekend. It was a 13 hour drive out there. Okay. Um, three long days of tournaments. Um, obviously, a lot of stress still trying to figure out this new equipment and the setup. Um, on the phone with Corey every single day. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's able to tap into my computer and make it happen. So um, I spent so much time building this rack. So for those of you that don't know, basically I want this rack to basically just be like a suitcase. I wheel yes. up to the desk, I open the sides, I plug stuff in, and then I go. Magical. In theory, that's how it works. But getting there and then it not working, I basically got so flustered I unscrewed everything. I had wires everywhere. It just, it literally looked like if I were destroying a puppet and throwing like the, the padding <laughs> everywhere, that's how my setup looked this weekend. So oh, no. completely not organized um, anymore. Um, well, actually I took take that back yesterday. I took it all apart, put it back together. It's like adult Lego. So I'm very, very happy with the way it looks right now. Nice. But yeah, just uh, really, really stressed over this weekend. And then it got to Sunday and I'm kind of like, you know what? This is a long drive back. I have something I got to do Monday. I have something I got to do Tuesday. I have something I do Wednesday. I said, let's just go ahead and head back. We'll go to Kansas City. I'll stay at his house, and then I'll drive back Wednesday morning. So we start the drive, and I'm like, crap, I'm going to the hockey game with my daughter. So, Uh-oh. yeah, so I'm actually going to the hockey game tonight with the kiddos. So Which I had to be, day? Today. Today. Tuesday, okay, got yeah. it. So I had to be uh, back in St. Louis on Tuesday. And then we had to record the show. So I'm like, okay, I have to be back at a certain time. So in order to make this time window correctly, we have to leave here and then go back to St. Louis on Monday. Got to do this. He wanted to go check out that cornhole bar and play over there. And then sure enough, he draws, you know, Rachel Newcomb and they end up winning the entire thing. So he doesn't get <laughs> back to my house to like 1.30. And I'm like, oh, we were supposed to be on the road at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. So I was like, all right, uh, are you? And then I had to do ACL live yesterday with Jake because, you know, Bernie couldn't make it. So then I'm like, okay, um, I'm just tired, man. I just want to go to bed and then we'll drive at six in the morning. So you got three hours of sleep, drove out to Kansas City, drove back. And on the way out there, sure enough, 
I'm just like kind of tired and coast. You know, sometimes you just drive. You don't really pay attention to anything. Oh, just yeah. Drive. Zone out. Yeah. Zone out. Get, got pulled over. First oh. time in like five years, man. I have never done anything wrong. Like I was expecting him to like give me a warning. And uh, so he gives me a ticket like 87 and a 70. Ooh, that is a little, it's a little speedy. Yeah, it's a little speedy. I mean, I could have got away with it, especially like on Highway 70. It's basically just straight. You know what I mean? Truckers, there's nothing exciting that happens. You pass, you go, whatever. But I think he was just coming onto the highway and then Mm. I passed him. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm I'm glad that, you know, it was like at a normal spot and I wasn't doing things stupid. But so that sucks. Let me ask you this, though. Whenever we used to get a ticket back in my day, a long, long time ago, you know, hop in the time machine, you would give them your license. And then whenever they gave you a ticket, they would keep your driver's license and give you a piece of paper. And I'd go to the courthouse and I'd have to like basically talk to the uh, prosecutor and then I'd get my license back at the courthouse. Did you ever have that or no? No, they gave my license back when I got my speeding ticket. I was in high school. So this was, you know, 20 years ago. And, uh, yeah. you know, license, they ask for your license and registration and insurance, and then they write up the ticket and then they hand it all back to me. Yeah. See, I, in Illinois, we'd never do that. We get the piece of paper back. They keep our license. And I'm like freaking out. I'm like, I literally just went and got a brand new license because of my birthday and I'm going to Australia. I was like, I need my license. I need my license. Like, I'm, so I'm, did they take it? No, he gave it back to me because I got pulled over in Missouri, but I feel like in Illinois, oh, still keep it. But okay. yeah, I, I was nervous. I was like, I swear to God, if anything happens to this Australia trip because he takes my license. <laughs> no. Uh, but that, anyway. would be, that would be bad. Yeah, that would be bad. Let's hop into the bragging second. It's not all bad. Uh, but yeah, obviously, I'm just extremely tired and exhausted. Um, but I do have to brag on my buddy Bryant, which is why I went up to Kansas City. He does the live feeds for the St. Louis, I'm not sorry, for the Kansas City Regionals. And um, I mentioned to you last week, the buddy that was going to go with me, his father's having some health issues. So on short notice, Bryant, you know, appreciate him picking up the slack, heading out there and um, doing the second quarter of the Battle of Queens with me. So I'm going to oh, brag good. on him for a little bit. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I'm glad that you got the help. Uh, he's, he seems like a good guy. The few interactions that I've had with him. Yep. Uh, he's young, right? Yeah, he's young. I think he's 26. Um, yeah. He, he's very knowledgeable on the rules. So we uh, talked, I think, with Trey or maybe it was off the board podcast. They talked with Trey about maybe having an officials committee. He's somebody that I've recommended plenty of times to be an official because he actually will call out people. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. we worry he, about he, the he wants like, that hat. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, you broke the rule. Don't do it. You know, I don't care. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's what you need. Yeah. That's the, that's not my personality at all. So yeah. that's it's good to have that. Um, my bragging is going to be on the, uh, I don't know how many people know that I did the PhD program, um, and I got to dissertation and I got really frustrated and I stopped because I just could not make any headway. And every quarter that you're in dissertation, you're paying for it. It's about like $1,600 every quarter. So I'm just throwing $1,600 out the window every quarter I'm staying in my dissertation and literally getting up against roadblocks that are out of my control. And so finally, after three of them, I was like, that's it. I'm taking a break. Like, I cannot keep doing this and I can't get past it either. So I don't have the answer or solution, but I know it's not going to happen right now. And then, you know, I kind of felt bad about it because it's like, man, I paid all this money and did all this work and I have no PhD to show for it. But I knew I know my personality and I know myself and I know that I would absolutely complete it at some point. There's no way I wouldn't. So anyways, um, in the last 24 hours, I have started the process of uh, re-enrolling to get, okay. so I have to I actually have to reapply. Then I have to have a committee vote. 
um, to let me back in the program without having to retake some coursework. Um, and I'm going to completely start over in my research topic, which actually feels like less boundaries than what I was doing before because I just felt like I could never get past where I was. So yeah. I'm actually going to hopefully, fingers crossed, when I do my topic approval, do my research uh, involved in cornhole. Um, awesome. So I'm, I'm hoping I could do my dissertation on the connection between uh, cornhole and improved life satisfaction. Um, so I want to do a case study and, you know, pick one person because that was the biggest hurdle was finding participants. So if I do a case study, it's one participant. <laughs> and then oh. I want to take someone that has never played cornhole outside of just in their backyard yeah. and then in and then uh, get them to start playing competitive cornhole and then just track their journey and their experience and their life fulfillment after that. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, I got faith in you. I know you can pull it off and I know you can do it. Um, I, I thought the same way for a while when I was getting my degree with the, my accounting degree and then about going for my CPA and stuff like that. And I was just like, I just can't get started. I can't get motivated. I can't find a reason to do it. I was working in a CPA firm and in order for me to get bumped up, like another CPA would have to quit. And I'm just like, it's just one of these things I was like, I, I really want it. It's a bucket list item. I want to do it, but there's no reason for me to start because even if I get the degree, there's not much more money unless I go find another job somewhere Same. else. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I, I got the hours I want now because I was going through the divorce and the custody battle. And I was like, I was working Monday through Thursday. Yeah. And then because of accounting or uh, tax season, you know, we work a lot of hours in tax season. But the rest of the year, we have Friday through uh, su Sunday off. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. And then with my custody battle, it worked out perfectly. So I would get my daughter every Friday. We would go to Six Flags. We would, you know, hang out the weekends I had her pretty much the entire time and do whatever we want to do. And I was like, I'm fine here. I'm content. I'm, but, I'm doing yeah. great. Yeah, I'm content. <laughs> and, and I hate that word. That was a big cuss word for me, content. Like, I was like, yeah. no, you got to always want to do better. But no, I'm proud of you. I'd be awesome. Yeah. So I don't know how, I don't know. I, I'm thinking what I'm going to do is um, – do like all of my topic approval in January and stuff, assuming they accept me. And then I'm going to pause for the season while I do all the preliminary work, all the stuff I can do while not paying <laughs> so yeah. that I can only have to pay when I actually need the the course. So that's the goal. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But and do you have like an age range you're looking for? Looking for a young person or an adult? Or no, what? I don't have an age range. Um, although I think older would be better because um, we'd want to be able to track like some life dissatisfaction, which would probably okay. be harder in a younger population. They'll probably be more honest and open to. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break and come back with an interview with Sam Finley right after this. We are back and here with Sam Finley. Um, course everybody knows who sam is i would hope at this point but a, a well-decorated female player and just coming out of the battle of the queens um sam first of all welcome to the show thank you and Hello. and talk to us about the weekend i know it's a really cool unique event so i'd love to hear your experience of it yeah it was really fun um it's crazy to just see how much it grows each time because it's just such a big event and it's awesome to meet so many new players that are coming to play just because it is a women's only event. So just to see all the different skill levels, like you're there, everyone's just there to have a good time and meet other players. And it's just, it's just really a really fun event. Yeah, that was kind of going to be my question is like, what do we got to do to get these ladies that are showing up for this type of tournament to start showing up for the opens on a regular basis? Yeah. For like singles and stuff. Um, 
I think that if there was maybe if it was broken into like different tiers, then they might be more likely to do it. But when you're going to an open just for a double elimination tournament and you are at a like a newer player, then you're probably not wanting to spend the time like to travel knowing that you're only going to get to play a couple of games. Yeah. So that that would be my guess is maybe having like um, the open women's event, but then maybe doing like a an intermediate or competitive um, event also for women, maybe running at the same time. I would imagine that that's like the natural progression, right? Like I would imagine that once they have enough women that come, it would make sense to break it up into different brackets and divisions. Same with seniors. So it's kind of like a chicken or egg thing, right? Like (laughs) a lot of women start showing up. So it warrants the need for that. But then I understand like, man, I don't want to pay and travel to play two games. So that's a tough spot. And you don't really want to take away from the open event either though. Cause then once you do bring in those other brackets, then it might take away from like the tournament that we already do have and bring a lot of people down to a different level. Yeah. So either way, I like how, how it's happening. I do too, but I do, I see that I see what you're saying there. That is going to make it tricky. So, um, the battle of the Queens is like I said, a very unique event where it is a space for women to play. Like, what would you say the growth has been since you first went Sam? Um, I don't remember how many people were there the first time, but I, I would guess close to double. I mean, there was, um, I want to say there was over 300 players there playing this weekend. And, um, one really cool event that, um, Amanda does just to start the tournament is the blind draw crew. And I think that that's really cool. They like get people meeting different players and I think it makes everyone a little bit more comfortable too. Yeah. Cause there's up a lot of different skill levels and like you, the team that ends up winning is just not, it's not just a pro team. It's going to be just your everyday players that are just coming from different States and playing. And I like that a lot. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool too. And like you said, on Friday, um, you know, I had a few girls sitting over by me and I was like, who's your, t- who's your teammates? Who's your partner? Who'd you get? And they're like, I don't know. No idea. Yeah, and the, the, yeah, Katie and her team ended up winning the whole entire thing. And she's like, we're just really happy because we don't have a single pro on our team mm-hmm. and we were able to compete with all of them. And like, it actually elevated all their games. I think, I mean, some of them during that crew cup blind draw that you're talking about just really stepped up in the right moment. And one thing I didn't really expect to see that much of this weekend, but I really saw it all over the place was the encouragement between all the ladies, pros to amateurs, you know, young to old. It really didn't matter. You guys were all kind of like a cool little family in a way. That yeah, that is that's how we felt our crew. As I was say, that's a common thing I hear at the women retreats too of why they love Battle of the Queens and why women love to play in women only events is because that is the vibe. Um, so kind of dancing out of that topic for a moment, you know, Sam, you, you are one of the females that does do really well in all the different categories. So what's it like being a female in, you know, a co-ed open and those kinds of events, especially when it's you and Rosie against everybody. Um, and you guys uh, did really well. So talk to me about that experience. Black season was really fun. It was, it was awesome that both of our, like we finally just both clicked. Um, I think the season before last, we both were a little, little off here and there. Um, but like last season, I feel like we were both throwing really well. So um, there was, there were really no teams that we felt like we couldn't compete with because even our losses, like we 
lost 21-20 to Caleb and Eddie at, you know, like, and they won the world championship. Uh, at National, where we had finished, um, I believe we finished third or fourth, I think fourth in our bracket. Um, and then that was the one that Justin and Logan in, and we we were up in that game. Like, we, we were so close to having that, too. So it's, it's really cool to finally make it to that level where we comfortably feel like we can compete with everyone. Yeah, no, I don't know how it was whenever you guys first got together. If it was you guys were just looking for any partner in general, and then it ended up being just you two strong lady players that were left together and you decided to throw um together for the entire season or not. But the success that you guys had last year, like I, I don't know if it was your intention, but I think you have everyone out there rooting for you. Like we all want to see you guys take down a national now. So do you kind of have that chip on your shoulder where you're like, we need to do this, ladies, because we've been kind of pushed to the side? Um, I I think that we definitely have the confidence now that we can go and win a, win a national. Um, as far as how we partnered up, best friends through Cornhole for years now. We as soon as um, like it, I had the opportunity to play with her. There is there's really no question. It's exactly who I want to play with, and I don't see us changing that anytime soon. Yeah, why? Why would you? It's working. <laughs> this and the, the personalities yeah. are so good. One of the things that's really unique about your play style, Sam, is that you have this ability to, you know, talk to the audience, talk to the person next to you, and then throw a bag accurately. Like most people have to stay laser focused, and if they take their eyes off the hole for a moment, it's like their whole game falls apart like what is it about you that you're able to just so easily refocus and kind of navigate between like playing out here and playing right here on the court like so quickly like that's so rare yeah i i don't really know i think um started doing it on the broadcast like years ago like whenever we started playing on broadcast i think it kind of helped me like too much about it if i just played like regular talk to my friends that were behind me kind of like just stay just not think too much like okay you're on tv right now like if you throw the bag at the front board and you're gonna feel really dumb so i was like i'll just keep not overthink it and then i just started like really feeling comfortable doing that um in singles events though i do feel like i have to like stay a little bit more focused and and i try just to um do what I have to do, make all the Batman and not like talk to the crowd or really anyone, especially who I'm playing next to. Cause I just feel like, I don't know, there's more pressure during with Rosie. I don't feel pressure. She's just so encouraging. And I just, I don't know. I just feel a lot more relaxed. Yeah. And like, is there anything that you and Rosie or anything that anyone can do to you and Rosie to get you out of that mindset? to kind of get under your skin and make you guys mad? Cause I don't think I've ever seen either one of you mad. Oh, I don't think Rosie can get mad, but I definitely can get, I, I can definitely get mad. Um, <laughs> I'm not as good at, I, when I lose or like, don't do well in the events, like she's normally like telling me cornhole is fun. It's okay. And I'm like, no, it's not. I need to win. <laughs> so um, I think maybe I just hide it. Um, well, at the right time. 
<laughs> that was such a spot on Rosie impression. <laughs> I, know, I could actually picture her in my head as she was saying it. <laughs> it's yeah. so true. Oh man, that is she hilarious. This weekend, she beat me both. My, both of my losses were to Rosie at Battle of the Queens. And then she's just hugging you. She's like, "It's fine. It's great." Oh. No, um, no, I. I'm like, I'm gonna say good game and then walk over here and maybe cry, but I'll be right back. And then <laughs> a few minutes later, I'll come over and be like, "Okay, we can talk now. Every it's all it's okay. You did a great job." They give you friends again. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm just gonna go over here and then I'll like go and hide somewhere and then be like, "Okay, I'm over it. I'm happy for." Her. <laughs> it's important, though. I think uh, a big part of the game is really knowing yourself, and part of knowing yourself is knowing. When you do need to step away or you're going to have a reaction or response that you don't want visible to the public. So I think it's great yeah. that you know that about yourself. 100%. I know when it's time to just hide for a second. <laughs> yeah, so the, the Florida talent is obviously strong, especially in the women's division. We got a chance to see some of that this weekend. You guys are, you know, basically climbing up in, in the ranks as far as the overall state goes. But as far as women's go, I think you guys dominate the women's division. Is there anything that you want to do this season to maybe help elevate you to the top of the list over Rosie and over Cheyenne? Um, I think I really do think that if I were to practice and stuff more like just certain shots, then that would help a lot. Um, because I, each time I go to the events, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm doing well normally at the top or close to the top of the list with the averages and everything, but there's certain shots like, um, when I was playing against Cheyenne, what she did to me during most of the game, she'll do a block right in front of the hole. And if you're not pushing right through it, you're kicking over. You're just giving up two every time. Yeah. So, um, and then I always feel like I had a strong cut bag, but when we're throwing with faster bags, it's hard for me to do that. So I need to figure out, okay, what other shot that one's not going to work sometimes. Like, what do I need to do? So I think after the next few weeks, once I, um, they're store fully open and everything that I'll, I'm going to try to take some time to just like kind of master some of those shots that I don't really put a lot of work into. And I, I think that'll, that should help me. Yeah. I, th I think that you're probably one of the strongest pushing females. Like, I mean, you, you throw harder than most of the, any females out there. Like Rosie's kind of a finesse player, even Cheyenne to a certain extent is a finesse player, but you actually throw hard. So, I mean, you should be able to manipulate a little bit more, I think. Yeah. It just really just depends on, um, a few things too like because a lot of it's a mental game too so it's not so much me not having right. the ability to put it back but i'm thinking like okay if you miss a little bit then you're giving up two points and then all of a sudden i'm like why did i even why did i not just throw the bag that i know how to throw in the middle of the board so right that's yeah you mentioned the opening of your store so uh you know i'm sure that that your job your career um probably gets in the way of some of your practicing. So how do you balance all of that? Um, I actually really haven't had a chance to um, practice at, since Spencer's. I, I think I played in one event and then went to the open and then I didn't play. I went to one regional and then played at Battle of the Queens. Like that I haven't got really been able to play to flying draws or anything. Um, so when I do go and I'm like, okay, this is still working. All right. I guess we'll, we got by for another month. Um, 
but I've, I've had to work like, like last week I worked like 70 something hours just like between the two stores and stuff. So, but it's only going to be like that for another couple of weeks. And then I'll be able to get back to the blind draws and stuff like that just to like keep actively throwing. Gotcha. What do you do outside of cornhole for fun just to kind of relax and take your mind off of it? I do not do anything but work and play cornhole. That's all. my guess. That was my guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, you're opening a store, right, Sam? Like, is the store open? Yeah, we're, we've are we been open since October 2nd. Um, the way it works, we buy and close for the first six to eight weeks. And then um, November 30th is expected to be our grand opening where we can start selling stuff too. So um, even before opening the store, though, I, I work from nine in the morning till 10 at night, pretty much every day that you guys don't see me. Like, that's just, it's just what I do. Um, I like it though. I don't mind it. I like staying busy and it's fun. Um, I just want to make sure I, I, I get the practice in so that I can stay at the top. Can't I'm fit the those cornhole. Uh, so you can't fit <laughs> cornhole birds in your store, huh? Yes, I can. I have one set at um, the store I've go. been working at. And then um, I'm going to bring another set to already have at the other store too. Perfect. Because if, like, if we get done early, it's easy. But if I got there at nine and then I'm not done until 10 or 1030, it is really hard to be motivated to set up the boards to play. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think any any person on the planet can relate to that feeling. Uh, I mean, you <laughs> but, work you work really, really hard. But fortunately for you, you have a really reliable arm, right? You have a lot of hours in that, even if you're not putting the hours directly this month. Um, yes. It's showing. And, <laughs> and we yeah, you've been playing for a long time and it shows. Um, I love watching you play, Sam. You're one of my favorite players and people. Um, so I'm cheering you on this season, you and Rosie. But uh, good luck with everything and can't wait to see how it all unfolds. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right, Wally. So you did a top. I think you said 200 list last season. I don't know. We're not going to go through all 200. I know that would be rough, um, but we do want to go through yours. Um, and I do want to show your one from last season first and then go into this season or how do you want to? Yeah. So I just gonna, I'll go over the names um, for okay. the ones that I did last season and then we can kind of go into your list and then we'll kind of go to my list after that. I think. Okay. All right. So last year, uh, my top 10 that I had, I had Mark Richards, Alex Rawls, Devin Hardball, Jamie Graham, Noah Wooten, Tanner Halbert, Tony Smith, Ryan Windsor, Josh Holland, and Joe Neistat. So I did pretty decent. There's okay. two that obviously stand out on that list. Noah Wooten, I had him at five. He finished 128. Um, so Tanner Halbert. There. Yeah, Tanner Halbert was six. I had him at 76. And then the other one I was kind of off on was Josh Holland. I had at nine. He finished 62. Now, keep in mind, I made this list around the same time last year, like November 1st. So what did we see last year? We saw Noah Wooten just ridiculously pushing everything, hitting everything at Kentucky yeah. open number one, two, and three. He was lights out. So he was, it's true. I remember saying yeah. the same thing. I remember being like, no, Wooten's going to have the best season ever. Like I was totally yeah. on that bandwagon. Yeah. So he kind of fell off quite a bit, finished 128. Um, I also had 11 through 20 here. I had Matt Guy, Jay Rubin, Alex Hicks, Ryan Wiedenfeld, Fisher Hamilton, Birchfield, Mothlin, Lopez, Malone, and Almanza. Almanza finished 160. So that one was way off. Um, yeah. Also, Fisher Hamilton finished higher. So I had him at 15. He finished at eight. The final five I had in there, Grinnersleeve Davis, or Eric Davis, Jordan Power, Justin Burton Jr., Jeremy Frazier, and Cheyenne Bubenheim um, was 26. Cheyenne finished 21. 
Frazier finished at 62. Um, and then obviously JBJ finished at number five. But I, I did pretty good. I was happy. I nailed Alex Rawls. He finished two. I had him at two. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I had Jamie Graham at three. He finished four. Uh, Mark Richards, I had at four. He finished one. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. He finished four. I had him at one. And then Tony Smith, I had at seven. He finished at one. So for the most part, I feel like I did good. I had Neistat at yeah. nine. Um, yeah. And Neistat finished, uh, or I had him at 10. He finished nine. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I was pretty happy with it. I had Kyle Malone at 19. He finished 18. There you go. So, so yeah, not too bad. I would probably give myself, I guess, a C, C minus. But no, I, mean, I don't think it's no, I don't think it's a C. I think it's more I, like a B minus. Say, it's like impossible to get an A, I think. I mean, I don't know. You got to be. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. You have to be like near perfect. Yeah. Okay. Well, or you have to have, I think to get an A, you'd have to have everybody in the right group, like one right. through five in any order, five through 10 in any order, 10 through 20 in any order, 20 through 30, any order. I think if you do that, then that's an A. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm overall happy with at least the top 25, though. I mean, Two big ones that stand out. We talked about Shane Boob and I'm the whole season about her not being a top 20 player. Then she finished 21. I was like, yeah, I was right. Even though I was still yeah. rooting for her. You know what I mean? You uh, wanted to be wrong, but yeah. you were barely not yeah. wrong. The one that shocked <laughs> you though was Jeremy Frazier at 62. Yeah. Like, I really felt Frazier did a lot better than 62, but I that guess did, it was, that does seem surprising. I would yeah. agree with that. All right. Let's see what you got here. Let's go ahead and take a look at your list though. All right. My list, I was telling you, uh, earlier that like once I got to the back half of this list, mm -hmm. I was like, I don't freaking know. Like Caden <laughs> Allen at 17. I I mean, is that like too low for him or low, high? How, how, I don't know. Wait, wait. It yeah. seems like he would be in the top yeah. 10, but I don't know. Anyways, I put Mark Richards number one. Um, I feel like he's someone who always wants to be number one, obviously, but I feel like he takes it so serious. Like, I feel like if you were to ask everybody what their goal was, they'd say like top 10 or top 20 or top five, but he would say one. Um, I don't know how many people would like put number one as their goal. So Mark Richards, I put at number one, uh, Tony Smith at number two, Jamie Graham, number three, Fisher Hamilton, four, Harba five, Caleb Batson, six, Alan Rawls, seven, JBJ, eight, Alex Rawls, nine and jake gore 10 so i got both roles in there um, i was gonna say do you feel influence put roles in the top 10 absolutely even though this is difference between open standings and pro standings i know i know <laughs> but it just feels disrespectful at this point uh -huh. I, don't, I don't mind it i don't mind it and then i hope you're right And then when we get into like you know just right outside the top 10 sammy soto ryan trader i feel weird putting ryan trader outside of the top 10 but i also don't know who to take out to put him in the top 10 yeah. same with gavin cano ryan windsor jeremiah ellis jacob shinsky Caden allen like i mentioned at 17 alex hicks 18 mac guy 19 and cheyenne at 20 uh, finishing off with Ryan Smith at 21. Kyle Malone at 22 feels way too low. But once again, it's like, I don't even know where to put, how to move people around to make Kyle Malone earlier in this. Uh, Colby Shearer, 23. Joe Neistead feels really low at 24. And Jordan Power at 25. I don't freaking know. This was so yeah. hard. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. <laughs> it's only hard if you're wrong. If we go back and look at this list sometime next season, you're like, oh, I nailed it. I got them all right. Like, yeah. It was apparently easier than you thought. So easy. <laughs> yeah. No, but it it definitely wasn't. I mean, I forget who I, I was flip-flopping at 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, like right in there. I can't remember in 
off the top of my head who was right outside of it. I'm sure I'm missing somebody obvious, but yeah, I don't Let me know. Ask you this. Did you feel a pressure whenever you're making your list to include more rookies or less rookies? Or do you actually believe that this rookie class is that strong? You have this many in the top 25. So it's interesting. I, I guess I put a lot of recency bias because we see these the same exact phrase. <laughs> you know, we put this, we put the, the rookies kind of, and it's like, they're just, they're fresh on the mind. So yeah. it, it, it feels weird not to put them in the top 25, um, especially players like Orion Trader, Caden Allen, Sammy Soto, Jeremiah Ellis. Um, and I, I've been harping on Colby Shearer. I think he, he's, you know, part of that um, top five of rookies, at least from at this point, it's hard. You know, we got Logan Hall who performed really well at the rookie showcase and Ernest Cisneros performed really well. I mean, there's other names in there in the rookie class that I don't have in that top 25 that wouldn't surprise me if they were, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know if pressure is the right word, more just they're at top of mind. So I'm actually pushing some of the previous pros out of mind a little bit because the rookies are so on top of my mind from the rookie showcase. That's who I have the most experience with at this point, most recently. Yeah. See, so. it's kind of the same thing for me is like, I, I haven't really seen the entire pro field that much. A lot of them were at open number one, but we were just busy with the draft. We didn't get a chance yeah. to really sit there and right. watch them. A lot of the success went to the younger players, you know, Sammy Soto, Jackson Gore, Colby Shearer, Angel Camarena. I mean, a lot of those guys had good runs and doubles. So it was kind of, we didn't get to see Tony Smith and Mark Richards. We didn't yeah. get to see Jamie Graham and Frank Modlin or Matt Guy, Brett Guy. So, I mean, it was just one of these right. things to me is kind of like, I feel like we have to give the rookies respect, but I, I look at my list from last year. I'm like, I got caught. I got caught with Noah Wood and Noah Almanza the same exact way because, yeah. you know, I, I, I saw them they were performing doing really well. well. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Ryan the trend. Trader, the trend was there. Did I? I don't even remember. Hold on. Where did I put Jackson Gore? Did I even have Nowhere. him on there? No love. No See, love that's, for my guy. That's um, I was just yeah. When you said that name, I'm like, that's what because I, yep. I put I did put Jackson Gore and Sammy Soto in my top ten for doubles. In fact, I think I put them at five. Yeah. Um, so I do have a lot of faith in in Jackson, but I don't know putting this. Like I said, it was like trying to put this list. Together. I think maybe he was the one that I was flip-flopping at the at the bottom of that list right there at 24 25 26 27 but um, anyways we'll take a quick break and come back with wally's right after this all right wally it's your turn all righty i nailed it actually i think i got all 25 right in- nailed it <laughs> all right take a look at it so for me i kind of got some shockers up top i guess um i i mentioned before with my hot take that we don't really do uh i, I got fisher hamilton number one so Anthony put Caleb Bassett number one. So you guys are kind of on the same trend of putting one of these younger players that has not trended as one yet there, like t- taking that spot. Yeah, I could definitely see Fisher Hamilton. Um, he I, he has probably the most tools out of anyone. He's got yeah. a hard push. He's got the bar soaps. He's got the roll bags. He's got the air mills. You know, he can he can hit the cut shots. I think he's he's also got most... a comfortable slick side, by the way, which is exactly. Rare. And that's that's why I have him at number one. I was going to mention it is because. He is one of these players who will turn the bag over and go slick side. If he's got two sticky bumpers on both sides, you don't really see that mm-hmm. out of the carpet players. They stay sticky right. the whole time. So he's basically guaranteeing, guaranteeing himself those extra two points every single round. And I, I love that about his style. Um, Devin Harbaugh got there at number two. I think last year he had a lot of success throwing the the uh, boardwalkers. I think the Viper R's are a good transition for him. The one thing that I 
am worried about is I think the Viper material might be a little bit faster or break it down differently. So he's not going to have that slick side cut that he had last time. So he was able to kind of mm. come around and get that in. But I got Devin Harbaugh there because you put a bag in his hand for the entire season. I feel like this man's going to figure out how to do some cool things with it. Yeah. Um, and then I'm right there with you. I got Tony Smith and Mark Richards near the top. Um, I believe in KB this year. Um, I I can't get out of my head, though, him coming in all those seconds, you know, in the brackets. So yeah. I, I am crossing my fingers and praying that he can figure well, so out. So did Devin Harbaugh, and you put him at two. I know, but I just think the bag switch is going to favor Harbaugh. Okay, okay, got yeah, it. So, I mean, that's that's heavy there. KB, um, I, I feel like KB's just going to have a phenomenal season this year. Jamie Graham, again, going into the bag switching situation here. I'm not sure if this helps him or hurts him. Um, I know he had a lot of success with the game changers, but I'm curious to see if he's feeling comfortable yet with the evolutions or whatever bag they decide to throw with. JBJ, awesome season last year, self-explanatory. I actually got Ryan Windsor in my top 10 because of what I've seen with him in single so far. He's taken down both the brackets he's entered. He's playing a lot. He's throwing a lot yeah. of uh, different varieties of the kill shot bags. He's trying to hone that in. But every version that he's throwing, he's doing really, really well with. So yeah, and the other like, thing about Ryan Windsor is I feel like there was a post sometime at the end of last season where he basically said, like, I need to up my game. I need to practice more. Like, I'm kind of mm -hmm. split between other hobbies. And, like, it felt like he is – hungrier than he has been yeah and i think he's got more practice buddies this season too so i think that we're going to see a lot of videos maybe some tiktoks of uh people practicing at ryan's house we know with their versa court they got there yeah um alex rawls anthony kind of talked about it a little bit with him kind of having the uh injury or the surgery and recovering mm -hmm. there he's probably fixing his form a little bit more i like what i'm actually seeing with him um just kind of on that scooter <laughs> keeping his top half a little bit better i think it looks better um, for me last year, I was like, I'm not going to believe in Matt guy whatsoever. This year I'm the opposite. I, I can't believe that Matt guy is losing brackets, throwing 200 rounds with a 10.83 or whatever it is. Every time he loses, somebody's throwing like an 11. He's still up there. He's going to get paid eventually by getting a dub or two. So I got Matt guy in my top 10, uh, Jake Gore, Gavin Cano, Sammy Soto, Caden Allen, Kyle Malone, Jeremiah Ellis, Tanner Halbert, pretty much all what we talked about. Um, the rookie class this year, I think is phenomenal. The one person that I have on my list in the top 15 that's a question mark is Kyle Malone. If he can get his mind right this year playing with Devin Harbaugh, I think that could improve his singles game quite a bit. Um, Tanner Halbert, you just can't count him out. You, no. you got to put, put him in the top you know, 25 and just kind of figure out where he's going to go. I know he didn't really finish there last year, but I feel like Tanner's one of these players that's just due for a breakout season. Yeah, um, Ryan Wiedenfeld probably shouldn't be there off the season he had last year, but that's my boy. I can't, I can't ever doubt Ryan Wiedenfeld. Uh, I really do like what I'm seeing out of him with the BG Witchers this season. I think he's thrown very, very well. He is able to get the hops and the cuts and the slick side pushes down. So I expect big things there. Here she is, ladies and gentlemen, Cheyenne Bubenheim in my top 20. There it is. So, believer. Yeah. And I'm a strong believer and mainly because she is setting up situations. Now we kind of talked with her when mm -hmm. we interviewed her about, you know, do you need to have a roll bag? Do you need to do something? What differently do you need to do? And I think I mentioned to her, I want to see you block more. That's and, exactly and, what Sam said she did. Yeah. And she is blocking at, at Battle of the Queen. She was blocking. And whenever she's warming up and going down and back or just out of court, she is throwing basically all airmails. And she's probably up there around Matt Guy territory right now. Hitting Crazy. Down. So, yeah, I believe in Cheyenne this year. 
Ryan Trader off to a strong start. Logan Chamberlain, Blaine Rozier, player who I yeah. think deserves to have a breakout season, get some recognition. Um, there I got Alan Rawls. Love what I'm seeing out of Ryan Smith, and I had to get my guy Jackson Gore on there. I'm going to show him some love. Crazy. I actually like have to look really quick. Where did I put Logan? I didn't even put Logan. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like Logan Chamberlain should be in the top 25. My bad, Logan. And then I look at this though, like who am I moving out? You didn't have Alex right. Hicks in your top 25, did you? I did not. No, I feel like uh, I was a disbeliever what everyone was saying about him growing into his throw and stuff like that. I feel like it's here. I feel like it's kind of hit. And, and you then, don't have knee set or power. Yeah, so no, I didn't have knee set or power. I'm not, I'm not liking what I'm seeing on knee set yet this year. He actually made a post today about how he's kind of starting to get out of his groove. So we'll kind of get a look at that this weekend. I put him on my top five players to watch list. Jordan Power, I just consider more of a doubles player. Um, you know, in singles, I think he's good. Um, top 50 easily. But I don't know if I'd crack him in the top 25 without seeing it first. Yeah, I do think that like Logan Chamberlain probably um, has earned that spot um, in that top 25. And um Jackson Gore too so I don't know it's tough I mean it'd be, it would be boring if we had the exact same top 25 so I'm glad yeah, we have nah. some differences <laughs> but that is like really crazy to think about that I was like who am I missing it's oh, gonna be my. Frank Milan and Cedro Herrera for the five yeah 100%. <laughs> way off <laughs> Damon Dennis I can, yeah, I can see any of it happening Chris Kingsbury who knows oh my goodness no kidding all right, guys, we are going to uh, take a break here and come back with our game. Don't go anywhere. All right, Wally, it is time for the top floor bagger and four bagger of the week. What do you have for your floor bagger? All right, so floor bagger. So coming back from the Battle of Queens, uh, again, I mentioned we just kind of got done with the tournament. We packed up. We hit the road. It's dark. Daylight savings time. You know, it gets dark a little bit earlier. So we hit the road and we go through the mountains and my floor bagger is you truck drivers who are very comfortable on these mountain roads, winding, going 80 miles an hour. I know. I am not one of you. All right. I am going 50. I get PTSD. So when I wreck my motorcycle going 70 miles an hour, anytime I go above 70 on a curb, I feel it. I, I tighten up. I get a little PTSD yeah. and vertigo from it. And they are riding my ass flashing their brights like get oh, out no. of the way and i'm like you don't know what i've been through in my I'm life i'm surviving <laughs> so, yeah, floor bagger truck drivers my floor bagger is around the acl yesterday so for oh. those of you who didn't listen to it uh literally the minute the intro stopped because yes they have an intro the minute the intro stopped and i went to say hello koa and sunshine decided to have wrestlemania so loud right behind me <laughs> to the point that like i listened to the podcast to see if you could hear it and you do hear like nails but it's not it like it was so loud i couldn't even hear i was like yelling like welcome to run this like i was so crazy and then to make matters worse so right now i'm using my camera i'm not using so Corey set me up to use obs mm -hmm. the camera through obs and so i have yeah. to like deal with the color settings in obs but it's not working today so i'm just using the camera but like because it was raining i like tried to adjust the color and it just made me red so every time i laughed my face was like as red as our transition screen or like as red as your shirt so then it's like i'm like laughing i'm red the dogs are i'm like this is crazy this is my first time you guys yep. like shout out to, uh, to cornhole coffee by the way for the new gear 
I sure. like it. It's Christmassy. Yeah. Um, so that's my floor bagger. Uh, sorry for around the ACL this week. My bad. <laughs> that's your floor bagger. Uh, floor bagger for me is Battle of Queens. I, I was shocked. I, I mean, I'm chauvinistic, okay, with this comment. I'm sorry, but I expected to get all them ladies in one room. You're going to... I expected it to be kind of, you know, <laughs> chicken walking attitudes all over the place, you know, and just it was actually the opposite, man. I was really impressed with how there's this no name girl just sitting down and then you have a pro just kind of talking to her while she's playing, helping her get relaxed and stuff. I really liked what I saw. I liked a lot of these, um, I guess, lesser known talents, not afraid to play against some of the top females. Nice. Um, I love the crew cup binder that they were talking about. We had a lot of fun um, commentating that one and it was just, it was a really cool environment. I was, I was really shocked at how much I enjoyed it. It is. Like I said, I've only heard great things and I know I need to go. It's just, oh my God, one more travel. I just don't mm -hmm. know how I can. That one would be different it. though, I think for you. That one, you just chill. You don't have to do any work. Just chill. It's still travel. Like, I, yeah. It's, yeah. I know it's not work, but it's travel. Um, mine, it, my four bagger is Jackson Remick winning bag uh, mania there. I mean, wow. Yeah. What a field he went through. Congratulations. A uh, young guy out of Colorado. Um, really, really proud of you, Jackson. Good job. All right. Yeah. Send it or board it. All right. Send it or board it for me. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to watch ACL Live last night, um, but like on all my jerseys and stuff that I sell now, it's, we have the slogan here in St. Louis from Jerry Wilford basically started. It's more than a game. It's a family. So send it or board it. Ending feeds with a catchphrase it's more than a game it's oh a i like it i know i totally send it i love that i'm super cheesy though so it, i mean i was I say it feels cheesy when i say it but i'm just like sometimes i'm like all right see you he gone like i don't know it feels weird so yeah i'm, gonna try I'm totally into reason. it all right i don't know if my opinion is the right opinion but that's my opinion i trust you for everything so there we go <laughs> um okay so my send it or board it is uh playing uh cornhole this is going to be a funny one for you as a dude but playing like in the heart of the acl season with a newborn oh. what do you think um i feel like at that point you know like the grandparents are going to want to be around like there's gonna be a lot of people who are like oh it's a new toy you know like yeah one years old two years less different like get that demon away from me because there's you know, terrible <laughs> twos but Newborn, I think, is different. That's actually a really like, good point. The newborn is yeah. actually easier than the toddler stage. <laughs> I think so, too. That's <laughs> valid. Um, yeah. I, I, I guess it's ascended if you have a support system, right? Yeah, ascended, yeah. <laughs> All right, would you rather? All right, would you rather leave the open format alone the way that it is right now, or would you rather add in co-ed or some type of tournament to get the women's the women's division a little bit more involved. Um, that was a good point there with Sam's talking about, you know, intermediate comp and stuff like that. So if you could have the different divisions for the ladies and then have co-ed later on in the night with it, I think that would be good. But would you rather leave it alone or add co-ed? Add like, it if it doesn't add days. Yeah. So you basically you know I mean? a blind draw teams or co-ed. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, see, that's tough. Like, I think it would be really, really great. And I think it would help. Like, the women love playing mm -hmm. with the women. And I think that that's all really positive. But it would be not a good thing if it had to add, a, like, an extra day or something. That no, I would say. Yeah, I, I don't think it would have to add a day. I think it would definitely take away from the numbers as far as teams and blind draw goes. Yeah, I, it I, would. I'm all about building a division over a, a tournament or a bracket, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. All right, mine's not cornhole related. Um, it, it plays into what's going on with uh, 
some stuff with uh, Nick's work life, but would you rather have a guaranteed paycheck doing work that you like but or not guaranteed paycheck doing work that you love? So it could be that the doing what you love could make more money essentially than the other, so, but it's not guaranteed. Yeah, so I actually lived this. So I was really, really good at sales. So I was actually the number one salesman for AT&T in the entire country um, back when like the first Samsung Galaxy came out. So uh -huh. I enjoyed sales. I enjoyed, I sold vacuums, I sold knives, I sold everything. I enjoyed the aspect of going and meeting with people, providing them with something that they needed. I did not like not knowing how much food my child was going to eat or what I'd be able to spend on my you know, wife at the time or girlfriend at the time. Um, so I actually took a warehouse job just to make sure I had a salary. So I'm kind of along the lines of make sure the four pillars are taken care of. That is how Nick is. And I'm trying to convince him not to do that. <laughs> because I think lifestyle is so important. And, you know, maybe if you're in your 20s and 30s, even like early mm -hmm. 30s, you might have to make those kinds of decisions. But as we're getting older, and we have more stability, like this is the time that you decide what the, you want the rest of your life to look like. And I think you take your time and, and try to create that lifestyle. Because I said, we're not in the position we were in, yeah. you know, 15 years ago, where we were in survival, you know, about to be evicted. And then it's like, okay, clearly you take the job with the paycheck because we don't have any food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know I'm fortunate I mean? now because I have both. I have, you know, if, if the ACL didn't give me a salary, I would not be doing this. There'd be no way I could do this without that type of stability. Um, right. But I am kind of gambling on myself. I had the call with Fred a while ago. I was like, look, I don't want more compensation. I just want to continue to see how big I can grow canine. Like yeah. I want canine unit to be successful. And, you know, if you guys are cool with it, I'd like to keep growing that and just take a shot at myself. And that's basically my gamble with the commission. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's, that is kind yeah. of a gamble. I'm a big risk taker. I actually prefer no floor. I mean, I prefer no ceiling. It forces you to grind. Yeah. I not grind. I just don't like to be limited. Okay. So like I see a paycheck as limit. Like, ooh, I That's don't what like say, it. If you had, well, I thought you were saying no floor. If you have no floor, then you're like, I have to do this. I got no choice but to succeed or else I start. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's definitely weird how my brain works in that sense. Yeah. Um, Good, Good one. Yeah. All right, guys. That's all we got time for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Wally, I'll let you take us out. It's more than a game. It's a family. <laughs>